the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, the program that answers your questions about tomorrow, but we do it today. And each and every week, we do our best to bring information to you, our listeners, that will help you as you age. You know, there's no magic pill you can take that all of a sudden you're healed, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with you, and you live forever. Nobody wants to live forever. You do not. Trust me, there is a way better thing beyond us. (laughs) However, While we're here, we want to live as healthy as we can, but we also want to be educated. We want to have knowledge. We want to be prepared. And that is why you're listening to this program today, because that is exactly what we do. We are here to help you. We are here to teach you, to train you, to educate you, to give you knowledge. Knowledge is power. And our guests today in the studio are from the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation, And we are very blessed to have Allison Chance, who is the development manager. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Wendy. I'm so glad you're with us today. And we also have Julia Wall. Wall, I said that right. Not a window. See, she (laughs) says, every time she says her last name, she says she's laughing at me right now. (laughs) Director of Education. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Thank you for having us. We are excited to have you today because, and I say excited, honestly, we're not scared. We're not going to live in fear. This is why we're here, to talk about Parkinson's. Our topic today is Parkinson's disease. So you may know somebody that has it. You may in the future know somebody or previously. It doesn't matter. We're here to help you. And we're blessed to have the Director of Education because, Julia, you know a lot about this disease. And we want to learn from you. And that's why you're here today. Well, thank thank you. Yes, I do know a lot about it. (laughs) And I hope that people out there will get this information and really learn to advocate for themselves and be aware and understand it a little bit better. 
So talk to us a little bit about um, what Parkinson's disease is. Sure. Well, Parkinson's is a progressive neurodegenerative disorder that affects your ability to move. It's often associated with tremors, slowing, stiffness, Uh, more specifically, dopamine producing neurons in the brain are slowly dying. Um, they have a reduced amount of dopamine in our brain. Um, so symptoms can worsen over time, leading to a variety of symptoms affecting motor movements and a variety of other symptoms, some often unseen. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, one of the most common questions that I get um, is, is there an assisted living that specializes in Parkinson's disease? There isn't. And in fact, that's just the common question that I get. Mm-hmm. People, I, I applaud people for wanting to plan mm-hmm. and um, go somewhere where it is very specialized. But, you know, we have to do a better job of educating people. And that's one of the reasons why we're here today. We need to make people aware of Parkinson's disease, how to care for it, how to live with it, how to manage. It's a manageable disease. It's not a death sentence key word right there because honestly i think people feel the second you're diagnosed oh i'm doomed yes no no educate yourself there are so many things and people can live a lifetime with parkinson's it is the disease that keeps giving it isn't something that you get diagnosed and that is a death sentence i um i will tell you i've lived it um if it's okay to share your with story. you yes. my story so my father was diagnosed when he was 36 years old which was the same year I was born. And I don't know life without Parkinson's disease. It's my normal. Um, My dad had Parkinson's for over 45 years. He lived at home. He was the first stay-at-home dad. I felt so lucky. You know, I grew up in a time where you just didn't see your dads. None of my friends saw their dads. I had access to my dad 24-7. And I feel so blessed because he really, really taught me life lessons. So that's precious, honestly, because what you did is you took that situation that could have been lemons and turned it into lemonade and think of how many memories and how much time you got to spend that, like you said, others didn't. Yeah. What a blessing. And I'll tell you, growing up, I I didn't think I wanted anything to do with Parkinson's. Yes, it was my normal, but you know, you're young, you're dreaming, you know, what am I going to do? And it's, it's pretty funny and amazing that I've ended up back in this position as the director of education. Um, But I think you do best with what you know, and I certainly know it and I want to share it. And I'm an advocate for every single one of our 35,000 people in Michigan that have Parkinson's disease. Well, it sounds like it's your calling for sure. Mm -hmm. And you said 35,000 just in Michigan alone. Just in Michigan, there's nearly a million in the US and more than 10 million people worldwide. And unfortunately, it's the fastest growing neurological disease, even outpacing Alzheimer's. Okay, so everybody needs to wrap their heads around that for a second. Mm-hmm. And when you say fastest growing neurological disease, we're talking nationwide. I'm talking worldwide. Oh my gosh. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about this because there are so many things going through my head right yes. now that I want to ask you. So first, recently, someone just mentioned, because the number one thing I think of is how do you, what are the symptoms like really early on? What are some of the things that we could be keeping an eye on, right? Just to educate ourselves. Sure. And someone recently just told me that people who have restless leg syndrome at night, 
and or talk in their sleep frequently, which could be a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, is one of the precursors. Is, have you heard that? Is this like just a rumor? T- talk to me a little no, bit about this because it, it, it's true, but I'd like to explain it a little bit because Parkinson's disease is pretty complicated. Um, if you know one person with Parkinson's disease, you know one person with Parkinson's disease. There, It's customized. It's so boutique to every single individual. There's a list of symptoms that I can give you, but not every single person is going to have that symptom. So um, the big markers for Parkinson's disease, everyone is probably very familiar with tremor. It has to do with movement. And I think that's the important part to remember. Is there any abnormal movement going on? Do you have tremor? Is it resting? Is it action? So do what is have... resting? I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure, what does resting no mean? It's not... So a resting tremor is exactly that, that your hand is sitting still or you're you're sitting still, not doing anything like brushing your teeth or drinking a cup of coffee, and you have a tremor. Okay. Maybe it's a tremor in just a finger. Everyone is very familiar with Michael J. Fox. Mm -hmm. Michael J. Fox started with a tremor in his pinky, and that's Mm. what was his first sign or symptom it, it was. An action tremor is when they're brushing your teeth or drinking a cup of coffee. Um, Doesn't mean you necessarily have Parkinson's disease. There's, in fact, another disease state that is actually nine times more likely with a tremor that you have than Parkinson's disease, and that's called essential tremor. And that's all it is, is essential tremor. But it's important to recognize what is your body doing Do you have a resting tremor? Do you have an action tremor? Do you have slowness of movement? Do you have an abnormal gait or walking? Do you have a drop foot? Um, Can you turn over in bed? Can you get up out of a chair easily? Um, Different things, you know, from an outside looking at your body. And you know your own body. You just can't ignore it. (laughs) Right. So can you tell me, do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between an essential tremor and Parkinson's is it can sure. you only sure. go to a physician and have them tell you or can you figure that out on your own um, don't you use do Google need to, I know right that. don't please, use Google let's just preface right now please don't go on the internet <laughs> thank you okay thank you this is why yes. you're here today yes um you know uh you can you should see a doctor at some point whether you wonder if it's Parkinson's any kind of abnormality let's face it the the the, the earlier that you go and get things checked out the more knowledge that you're going to get you're going to be better off in the end it's all about quality of life but you have to be the one you have to be the advocate to do this. So if you notice a tremor, I think an easy marking, and it's, I'm speaking in very general terms here. Yes. I am not a physician. Right. I always say so that I do want to tell you. <laughs> My listeners know. I think I am, but I'm not. I only play one on TV is what I say, on the radio anyway. <laughs> so one of the biggest differences is that we just talked about the resting tremor as opposed to an action tremor. A person with Parkinson's will have a resting tremor. So they're not doing anything. They're sitting down watching TV and they notice a tremor in their hands. Some people. Um, other people that have essential tremor will have an action tremor when they go to do things, when they go to write, they, it's hard for them to write. They can't brush their teeth without it being all over the place. Having a bowl of soup is almost impossible. The other biggest difference is, is that essential tremor is highly hereditary. Essential tremor is highly hereditary. Someone in their family has a tremor with Parkinson's. Less than 15% of the population is hereditary. It is very rare 
for people with Parkinson's to have a hereditary component. So interesting. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that because sure. I don't think we don't know that. No, nobody knows that. No. That's great information. Mm-hmm. And you know, while essential tremor can be a big nuisance, um, it's just that essential tremor. I mean, I don't want to dismiss it. It can be a big nuisance. Frustra- well, it can be frustrating. Absolutely. And, and plus, if everyone else is looking at you like, oh, they have Parkinson's, and you're like, oh, it's just an essential tremor. <laughs> and that's where I was kind of getting to because many doctors. They still think, you know, they'll see someone with a tremor and they need to be a little educated as well. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I would see patients in a clinic that came in diagnosed with Parkinson's, but they didn't. They had essential tremor and vice versa. And some people necessarily don't even have a tremor at all and can still have Parkinson's. And I think that's the key thing. We're going to be back in just one moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is Parkinson's disease, and we have two amazing women in the studio today, Julia Wall, who is the Director of Education, Allison Chance, who is our founder and does a lot with development. Yes, she probably runs the whole company, just saying. But anyway, (laughs) this is why we're here today. We are here to learn more about what Parkinson's is. And Julia, you are a wealth of knowledge. I just say thank you in advance, because I've already learned a lot. And we close the last segment with do you have to have tremor to have Parkinson's? And your answer was no, but we were running out of time. So I need to circle back on that for a second because I feel like the general public is very conscious of the tremor, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And we automatic relate it to Parkinson's. But what you told us in the first segment is it could just be an essential tremor, correct? which is key because Mm -hmm. especially if it's during an action item, right? You're doing something. Mm -hmm. And who are we to judge? Mm -hmm. Like listeners, let's just sit back and let's not judge, right? How Mm -hmm. do you know? So we can't assume everyone with a tremor has Parkinson's, number one, and people can have Parkinson's without the tremor. So talk to us about that part. Right. No, I agree. And I, I, I can't tell you how many patients have come in to me in the clinic when I used to work at Henry Ford and tell me that they have this tremor and my, my brother thinks I have Parkinson's or my son thinks I have Parkinson's and that's not the case. So I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the unforese- unseen symptoms um, and sometimes an early marker, but getting this diagnosis sometimes is very retrospective. You know, when people get the diagnosis and we ask one were you diagnosed? And they may say, oh, 2017. But as I think about it, you know, I was showing some symptoms. Yes. And some of those symptoms could be a loss of smell. That's a very common one. However, I will say since COVID, that has complicated things a little bit. Yes. Um, Constipation is another one. And you have to remember whatever disease state that you have going on outside you have it going on inside. Mm -hmm. So your intestines are moving slower, your digestion is going a little slower. Um, Oftentimes people will say, oh, I I noticed that my walk is a little funny. Um, I have uh, REM sleep disorder or uh, exactly what we were talking about in the first segment where people will talk in their sleep, um, maybe even have some very vivid dreams. That could be an early one, one as well. What I want to say, though, is that 
just because you have all of these doesn't mean you're going to end up with Parkinson's. No, I'm really trying to educate everyone about that. These are just, it's so, there's so many different symptoms. Well, we want to be aware. We want to be educated. And that's why we're sharing this information with you because now you might go, oh, well, that's interesting. Maybe I should call Parkinson's and, and ask more questions about that. Not, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should go on the internet and Google it because that is not always the right. answer. Right. I'm just saying. Right. Okay. And just a little, um, some facts too. Um, it Parkinson's does affect men more than women. Again, I'm going to push the fact that it is not hereditary except for in a very small amount of population. It's a really common disease. And so um, for some people will say, oh, well, my dad had it, my uncle had it, uh, you know, you, you don't know if it's hereditary unless you do genetic testing, which is now more widely available, that you can have it genetic is. testing. Do you know why more men have it? Do we have well, some ideas? We don't, I mean, we won't hold you to it. Yeah, we, you're not a we, don't, we don't have that specific data available. But I also think that um, a lot of men, um, particularly professional men, um, who have been affected by this disease uh, tend to be the group that uh, participates in research, that does see doctors, that um, that does try to improve their quality of life because of their jobs that they have. So I think there's a lot of people that we haven't even touched yet that have this. So this story of the men having it more than women, um, particularly white men, um, that may change as we get more and more people aware of this disease, get them more involved in research, get them to the doctor, mm-hmm. and we have more accurate numbers. That's what's important. So is it common to actually have Parkinson's for a while then before receiving a diagnosis? From my experience, I would say that people tend to have symptoms for a couple of years before they're diagnosed. And is there any type of span of time period that you can live with the disease state? I mean, do they say it's you can have it for 45 years? Your dad did. Oh, yes. Yes. This disease, um, people. I know many, many people. There is um, a huge amount of people under the age of 60 that are diagnosed. And in fact, there are children. There's juvenile Parkinson's disease as well. Um, that is extremely rare. Um, but many people... Um, our average age of onset is 60. Okay. okay. Um, 60-year-old men. 60-year-old men. But we have a lot of young people that are diagnosed, men and women, in their mm-hmm. 30s. Michael J. Fox, I believe, he said he was 29 years old. When he noticed his when pinky he, tr- Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and he lived, I mean... I mean, he's still going strong. Yeah, I mean, I don't even you know, know how old uh, he is. But. I mean, a lot of people will see him and see the disease is certainly taking its toll, but he's had it for 30 plus years. We can live with it. Yes. We can live with it. Yes. It's such an important message. Mm-hmm. Do not live in fear. No. Do and if not, you look at yes. Michael J. Fox, physically, you might notice and see him struggling, know. but you know, he's ahead of that foundation. Cognitively, he is intact. He, it is his mission to find a cure for this disease. And thank God. Mm -hmm. And at the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation, we're grateful that they are heading this cause so that we can focus awareness than ever before. Yeah, yeah. And we're being able to focus on our constituents in the state to provide them education, resources, Mm -hmm. services and respite. I want to share your phone number with our listeners. I think this is a good time. We've talked about a lot of information. We have so much more to discuss. But 
why not pick up the phone and ask the questions? Right. Call us. We'll, we'll, we're here. It's 248-433-1011. Okay. And if you are going to go to the internet, you can go to our website. That is a reliable place, which is www.parkinsonsmi.org. And I did just want to piggyback on something that Julia said. I think we are really lucky to work with such great partners like Michael J. Fox Foundation that puts so much time and effort into things like research. Um, One local place we always like to share with people is Quest Research Institute. Because there's still so much unknown with Parkinson's, they've been a really great resource and have really made strides um, kind of discovering a few of those unknowns. But again, we always like to refer people there too, because they're a really great partner doing really great things. Yeah, they're located in Farmington Hills. And the reason why we are a proud supporter of Quest is because they are probably the largest Parkinson's research center in Michigan. We also partner with um, many of our professionals at University of Michigan, Henry Ford, uh, Beaumont, um, Spectrum, uh, well, it's Corwell Health now. I'll get used to that at some point. We all will at some point. But thank you, Allison, because you bring up a great point, because there are a lot of partners Mm -hmm. that are walking alongside this mission with Mm -hmm. you. And I think that's important to mention that. So we're all in it together. We appreciate you. Yes. And we're stronger together. Yes. I mean, we cannot forget this. And that's why, you know, our listeners are tuning in right now to learn more about, you know, these different symptoms. So really quick on the symptoms. I know you Mm -hmm. mentioned um, some of the ones that we wouldn't be aware of, the loss Mm -hmm. of smell, constipation, you Mm -hmm. know, those things. Is there any other symptoms that we might have missed that we haven't talked about yet early onset? Mm -hmm. And then if we can move into what the next stage is with the symptoms, like you mentioned gait, is it slow or is it... Yes. Shuffling? shuffling, like what is it? Yeah, usually shuffling, slowness of gait, so slowness of walking. Some people will experience what's called freezing of gait, and they notice that more specifically when they're going through doors or in their small spaces. In fact, a very common people problem with people with Parkinson's um, are falls in bathrooms because they're small and they have to turn. And um, not everybody will fall. And you may not have any falls with Parkinson's disease again. Um, but that is, is something that is an issue. So well, it's good to be aware. Know, yes, because then you can do grab bars and you can make sure that you have, you know, um, a first floor bathroom. I mean, it, that that's the key to give you a good quality of life having this education and being able to stay in your home as long as you can or forever. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's possible. There's so much more. When my father was diagnosed, they didn't have handicap doors. There were no ramps. There wasn't handicap parking. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. They didn't have Velcro shoes. They didn't have magnetic buttons. These are all the things that you can do to help you live your life with Parkinson's. Correct. Yes. And this is what and the live foundation, it well. Yes. And this is why you're here today because yes. these are things that we all need to learn and you can get this information from Michigan Parkinson's Foundation, which is Parkinson's M I dot org. org. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. hold on. And I, and I'm glad you br- said that because, um, there's th- the National Parkinson's Foundation. There are many independent Par- Parkinson's foundations, but Michigan, we're local. So it's Parkinson's M I dot org. 
and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is Parkinson's. We have covered a lot of ground and so much more to go. We have two more segments left, and we have learned a lot about Parkinson's and what the early onset is, and it was great to hear from you, Julia, on all of that. So my question moving into this segment would be, let's talk about how you get a diagnosis. Like, let's move forward a little bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And tell us more about that. Like, is it a blood test? Like, what are the steps that you take to get a diagnosis for Parkinson's? Well, unfortunately, there are no diagnostic tests out there right now to confirm the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Sadly, we need more research to develop these biomarkers. However, um, when you notice a symptom or if you suspect And you see your primary care doctor. Your primary care doctor will probably refer you to a neurologist. And that's fine. At the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation, we are strongly encouraging you to see a movement disorder specialist. So a movement disorder specialist is a neurologist that has had additional training in movement disorders, i.e. Parkinson's disease, for one to two years. So a movement disorder doctor is seeing just Parkinson's, tremor, dystonia is another one. Um, Whereas a general neurologist is seeing everything from headache to MS to back pain to Alzheimer's Alzheimer's to Mm -hmm. everything. And it's almost impossible for us to expect the neurologist to keep up on the the latest information. So a movement disorder specialist is who we strongly recommend. If anyone's looking for one, we have a list of those specialists on our website, or they could call us at the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation and we'll be happy to provide them. So I I have to go back to when you say a movement disorder specialist, does that have to be a script from your PCP? Like, does your primary care doctor have to say, here's a script, go see this person in order to get it covered under insurance? So everybody has a different insurance plan. Some insurance plans require that you have a referral. But if you have Medicare, if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, a PPO, something like that, you do not need a referral. You can just find the movement disorder specialist to go visit. Okay. But I would recommend that when if you suspect this is something that you need to get checked out, when you go to your primary care doctor and they Mm -hmm. make that referral, instead of just going to a neurologist, ask if you can go and see a movement disorder specialist. Right. Or both. Or both. And we have many that work in tandem Mm -hmm. together, um, for sure. But I just wanted to educate people about that as well. Absolutely. Because we are our best advocate, right? And that's why we're here today is we're trying to give you knowledge and and so you can go out and make the decisions on what you feel is best for you. Right. And I don't think anyone would know about a movement disorder specialist if you hadn't just told us. Right. It's not a great name. (laughs) But I want to go back to, to, though, about the diagnosis, because this is a a common question that we get. Um, If you don't have a test that confirms it, how do I really know I have Parkinson's? disease. Well, if you see a movement disorder specialist or a neurologist, they are going to diagnose you based on a clinical exam. They're going to watch you walk. They're going to move your limbs around to see if you have stiffness and rigidity. That's just part of the clinical exam. There are some tests out there that you can do. There's a one test is called a DAT scan where they can measure the dopamine in your brain, where they can see if it's a lack of dopamine. But that does not confirm that it's Parkinson's disease. So really, the movement disorder specialist and having a clinical exam, that's the best place to, to go to get that and diagnose them. And, and the answer is basically getting some physical therapy, 
rehab oh, exercise. I'm glad like, you brought let's that up. That. Yes, because you know one of the things at the Michigan Parkinson's Foundation that we really are very proud of is our four pillars: what we do to help people, and that is community. We we it, there's nothing like being in the same room with other people who have Parkinson's. You may not have the same symptoms, but you know, there's a camaraderie there. It's a community. And uh, we very much encourage that. We also have over 76 support groups throughout the state. And that's so important. And maybe the person with Parkinson's may not be ready to go to a support group, but maybe the caregiver or the family member does too. Um, we also do a lot of education. We have many education programs. We have an incredible respite care program. But I'm going to talk about exercise because this is what everyone can do to help. This is the only line of treatment that is going to show that you can stage off progression of symptoms is exercise. Now, can you imagine how hard that must be if you already have a lack of dopamine and not to be motivated, right? Well, there's medication that can help, um, you know, that it kind of supplements your dopamine that you should take and you should take on a regular basis. But exercise is key. And it's key not just for Parkinson's disease, it's every disease state. And so uh, we offer uh, free exercise classes every day taught by Parkinson certified um, instructors. Online? Or online. Online every day, Monday through Saturday. But we also have some in-person classes that we're doing as well. So again, all that information is going to be on our website or give us a call and we're happy to share with okay, you. Okay, I want to set a goal right now. Why yeah. wouldn't we start doing this online exercise now? Well, and one step further, I'll tell you, all of our exercise classes are recorded and on our YouTube channel. So you could do it all day long. You could do it whenever <laughs> you want to. And and I often tell people, you know, if you have Parkinson's and you take your medication, you may not be feeling that great. Wait till it kicks in. Then go turn on the YouTube channel and exercise. Try out our different instructors to see which one is your fit. There's so many different exercises out there. Rock steady boxing is amazing for people. Bike riding, walking, power, yoga, Tai Chi. Tai Chi is amazing. It shows, um, they did a study and it was, um, it was in the New England Journal of Medicine many, many years ago. I cannot remember now, but that showed a reduction in falls by 80%. 80%. Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Amazing. Well, and like Julia said, all of our exercise programs are taught by physical therapists who specialize in neurological disorders, and that does include two yoga classes. Um, I believe, I'm blanking on one day, I think it's Wednesday and Fridays that we do the yoga taught, and it's certified um, by Mindy, and she does adaptive yoga with us. But these exercise classes are completely free of charge, and you can find them on our website with the Zoom link information, and that's at www parkinsonsmi.org exercise is so important we just had the alzheimer's association here like three weeks ago and they said the exact mm -hmm. same thing about exercise so this is an opportunity to really get involved right and it's right in front of you all you got to do is click on youtube you know and Parkinson's is not an hour disease. It's not a nine to five disease. It's 24 seven and you really have to be your own soldier and, and get up there and do it. So we talked briefly on during break and I mm -hmm. just want to bring this up because I think it's important. We only have three minutes left in the segment. Can you tell us how, I know stress is, is something mm -hmm. that will, but what exactly happens in your body? When you get Alzheimer's, or not um, Parkinson's. Parkinson's? Yeah. 
Well, as you can imagine, everybody needs dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. So the lack of dopamine, just think of how that can affect your mood, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, very common. And and it's not that you're doing anything wrong. The stigma needs to go away with that. You can't help it. Right. Give yourself, cut yourself some slack. But there's medication that can help. Mm-hmm. But again, exercise is going to be the best. It is best form of treatment. But if you've had like, let's say, repeated concussions, like there are yes. there are volleyball players, mm-hmm. you know, that have had repeated concussions. That's something you need to be aware of. Correct. Great example. Yes, we have um, more and more evidence showing that blows to the head. You know, uh, a lot of athletes um, have Parkinson's disease, you know, because of repeated injuries. But also, if you look at these elite athletes that have Parkinson's disease, you may not know about them. They may not be out there, you know, touting everybody that they have Parkinson's disease. Of course, Kirk Gibson, everyone is familiar with Kirk Gibson, um, but he's an elite athlete and he's done so well for so long. Why? Because he takes care of his body. He exercises. He's an advocate. Eating healthy is another big one. Oh, I'm yes. just going to go on. I'm just going to go healthy, out and say for sure because we all know sugar is not good for you. Right. A Mediterranean diet is what is mostly recommended for people with Parkinson's. But also having a good relationship with your doctor to talk to um, them about your treatment plan is key because there are some people that have a sensitivity to protein. And if you have protein in your medication, the medication may not absorb as well. So you wouldn't know that going in. The doctors are going to know that hopefully, you know, and, uh, and, and the, the, the solution to that is you eat an hour before or after your medication. Simple as that. It's all about education. Yeah, and Julia was talking a little bit about Michigan Parkinson Foundation and our pillars at the foundation. And at Michigan Parkinson Foundation, I know we already addressed that Julia is the director of education, but we do um, virtual education programs um, via Zoom. Depends on the frequency, but if you go to our website, www.parkinsonsmi.org, we may have an upcoming one regarding nutrition, so Mm -hmm. just always be checking our website because we do try to cover as many different topics as we can with those virtual education programs. And again, we record all of those, and those are on our YouTube library as well. We have an extensive library on our YouTube channel. Let's share your phone number again. It's 248-433-433. One zero one one, and when they call, what can they expect? Can they just start asking questions? Should they ask for a specific yeah. department? How does we will listen and we'll get you to the right person? You know, some people just call to find out about where our support groups are. We have both in person and virtual. Any one of us, we are a small, mighty group of eight, and we cover the entire state. Upper and lower peninsula. Incredible. And you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We'll be right back. Sometimes sometimes I like blush in public with her. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors, answering your questions about tomorrow today. And our topic today is Parkinson's disease. And we've covered a lot of ground so far here with both Allison and Julia. And I'd love to kind of transition a little bit into this last segment and talk more about what you offer at the foundation. You mentioned the education programs in the last segment, Allison, and I I think that's amazing. And you have a team of eight, which we all know, and you're mighty because you cover a lot of ground and you've already given us a, a ton of information that we didn't know. So tell us a little bit more about what else um, the Michigan Parkinson Foundation does as far as community and things that are happening there that can help our 
our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I think community is really the fun stuff. Um, one big thing, it's our flagship fundraising event we do at Michigan Parkinson Foundation, and it's our Parkinson's Hero Walks. Uh, so we have four walks statewide. One just concluded. It was our Traverse City Walk, August 12th, up in Traverse City at the Civic Center. It was a big success and so much fun. Um, and that was our first year up there. So it was it was really a joy to be up there. And Coming up, we have our Metro Detroit Walk, which is going to be September 23rd at Jimmy John's Field in Utica, Michigan. And the Detroit Walk, I would say, is probably our biggest walk. Um, So that's coming up September 23rd. You can register online at our website at www.parkinsonsmi.org. But the Parkinson's Hero Walks are very, very special and close to our hearts. Um, They really highlight, kind of Julia was mentioning it earlier, this community of people with Parkinson's is a very special community. It's really just touching to be at these walks and be a part of the program we do at the walks um, and see not just heroes with Parkinson's, but Parkinson's, it takes, it's a manageable disease, but it really does take a team of people. So the care partner is our hero, the healthcare heroes, the doctors, the physical, you know, physical therapists, speech pathologists. It takes such a mighty team of people to help manage this disease. And that is why we refer to them now as the Parkinson's hero walks. So it's a fun day for the entire family. We have a kid's corner, a photo booth, um, and we do a special program that really just unifies that Parkinson's community in different areas throughout the state. So our Metro Detroit one is coming up September 23rd at Jimmy John's Field. Um, then we will have our Lansing Walk. In, okay, really quick. Yes. How do they register for that? Because I'm oh, sure absolutely. people are like, I want to get in on that. Yeah. So if you go to our website, www.parkinsonsmi.com, there is a walk button. Oh, .org. I'm so sorry. Parkinson'smi.org. There's a walk button. We've all messed this up like it's, four times each, so yeah. it's okay. Is it I, think, I think our <laughs> listeners got it, though. It's all that matters. So if they go to our website, they can click the walk button, and they'll see each different location for each walk, and that'll prompt them to go to the right location, and they can register there. It's $20 to register, but children are completely free. Okay, perfect. Can they also call to register? They can also call, okay. absolutely. And so we will have our Lansing one next, September 30th on Michigan State's campus. And then our Grand Rapids one will be our final walk for West Michigan. And that's going to be at Frederick Meyer Gardens over in Grand Rapids. And that is October 14th. So it's really special. And again, these are our flagship fundraising events. So these are what allow us to continue offering our programs and services like virtual education, like our exercise programs, and like our respite care program. I know at Michigan Parkinson Foundation, our respite program is a huge pillar of ours. And we provide up to $2,000 per family per year. And since this January, we're over 8,000 hours of respite care we've provided so far. So the walks and what we fundraise at these walks are really critical to continuing our programs and services at no cost to those in need. Can we have referred quite a few patients, residents to you for the the respite program? Can you share with our listeners how you're doing that and and what that looks like and how to qualify for it? Oh well, I will tell everyone whether you think you qualify or not. Please contact us. We have been pretty fortunate and not had to turn many people away at all. Um, it's a very easy process. 
You can contact the office. You can speak with our social worker, Stephanie Wozniak, who's fantastic. She is fantastic. She is. Uh, she handles our respite care program. There's a one-page application that they fill out, and then they just need a letter uh, from their doctor or even a list from their pharmacist that just shows the medication that they're on to confirm the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And then Stephanie works together with the family to figure out what is the best um, route we should go. Are we looking for in-home respite care or out-of-the-home respite care um, and how many hours there are. And she has great contacts, like Next Step Senior, um, <laughs> like us, yes. across the state. So it's not just Metro Detroit. It is across the state that we have these contacts that anyone is eligible for. So we will encourage you to contact us to, to find out more. So we've had families that uh, were just really stressed or going on vacation or something was happening and they didn't know what they were going to do with their loved one who had Parkinson's and that's when they use the respite. Perfect scenario. That's right. Yes. And I know I, I went through that with myself. My brother was getting married and my dad didn't want to travel. It was too hard. He just didn't want to do it. He didn't mm -hmm. want to get on an airplane. It's a small space. He wasn't comfortable. He was more comfortable at home. We, we didn't have anywhere to turn. You know, who was going to miss my brother's wedding? Nobody wanted to do that. But now we have a really nice program in place to allow families to still live. The caregiver is just as important in this disease process. Yes, I do want to add, please, please take care of yourself, caregivers. If you're living with someone with Parkinson's that you're helping, it is really important. You go down, the whole ship goes down. We need That's to right. take care of yourself. Spend mm -hmm. some time on yourself. Allison, what other things, just back to what you offer there at the foundation, what other things can our listeners do to support you? And and you're only funded through donors, correct? We are. And I don't think a lot of people realize at Michigan Parkinson Foundation just how small we are when we say it's eight of us that serve the entire state. There's 35,000 people in the state of Michigan with Parkinson's disease, and that's a lot of ground to cover. So the best ways to support, I would say that the walks really are one of the best ways to support us. Start a team, start fundraising, help us raise those funds for our critical programs. It's almost, I feel like people don't believe it nowadays, but all of our programs and services are completely free of charge. Yes. And that is because of our team captains and our participants at these walks. They're helping us raise these funds and allowing us to continue these programs and services completely free of charge. Well, obviously you need us because we need you to continue your work so you can continue educating, helping, and supporting families. So I just want to put a call out to our listeners. If you can participate in one of these two upcoming, it's uh, – September 23rd and September 30th. You got it. And then we will also have a West Michigan walk that will be October 14th in Grand Rapids. And again, just head to our website and we have all that information on how to register, where it is, time, details. Um, it's really a lovely event. And you don't even have to go to the walk to participate. You can sign up and uh, have a team. You can just register or you can just make a donation. Every dollar that we raise in Michigan stays in Michigan. Yes, I love that too. So just we have three minutes left in the program. We covered a lot of ground. I know that I learned a lot, and I think all of our listeners did. I think one of the most important takeaways um, that I learned is really how critical this movement disorder specialist person is. Mm -hmm. Did not even know they existed, so right. thank you for sharing that. I would love for the two of you just kind of recap what you think are the most important takeaways 
from today in case someone's just tuning in. I think that there's a lot that we covered. You know, some of the symptoms, pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. Let's pay attention to some of these symptoms. Nobody knew that lack of loss of smell could potentially, not is, but could potentially be, Mm -hmm. you know, a precursor symptom. Yes, pay attention. I think that's the best advice. And, you know, uh, maybe you don't observe it. Maybe it's a family member that observes it. Don't, Don't brush it under the rug. The earlier that you are diagnosed and learn more, the better you're going to be able to manage this life. Can I just share with you how I feel? I I, I often say this to many people. While Parkinson's might be a crappy card to be dealt, it's really how you play the hand that matters. And you can win this. You can. I've lived it firsthand. Well, one thing I picked up from you, which I think is also critical, and thank you for sharing that. I love that. We're oh. going we're gonna to use that again. You're going to hear that <laughs> saying somewhere else. But when you are diagnosed, it doesn't. it's not a death sentence. No, it's a completely manageable disease. And the earlier, I'm assuming, you get on medication, the easier manageable it is. You know, it's, again, very individualized. So, uh, you know, no two people share the same kind of treatment plan. Mm -hmm. So it is very individualized. But the earlier that you are diagnosed um, or the earlier that you have the final diagnosis, the better you will be so you can have a treatment plan carved out for yourself. It also sounds like it's a lot of physical, like it's Mm -hmm. your body versus your mind. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say it is a movement disorder. So it is mostly outward movements, Mm -hmm. but it does affect mood, memory, it can. Um, I mean, let's face it, as we all get older, well, everything our memory. memory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it does affect mood. Um, and so many other issues, you know, with that lack of dopamine whatsoever, you know, affects so many different things from sex life to, um, to motivation to attitude to everything. So Parkinson's mm-hmm. is a full body contact disease. And I think to, again, just call us. We really can help at the Michigan Parkinson Foundation from mindfulness to exercise to respite care to community. We really want you to know that you're not alone and that we, we're here to help. And that phone number again is 248-433-1011. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Allison. Thank you, Julia. And your, your personal testimony, too, is, is fascinating to me because you just gave us all hope. This is what life is about. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to have hope. Thanks, If they Wendy. don't have it, I'll have it for you. <laughs> You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.